Fishing, disciples, and follow the leader. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter, and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. Mary, I've come to love fishing over the last several years. I love getting out in the boat, going out in the water with my boys particularly, and for us just to spend a day fishing, not knowing what you're going to catch. Catching lots of fish is even more exciting. I would think men over time have always enjoyed fishing. That's my guess. In today's lesson, we're going to be opening with some fishermen. Two sets of brothers that seem to be in business together with the father of one of those sets of brothers. But Peter, Andrew, James, John, they were all fishermen. And they caught fish on the Sea of Galilee. And it would have been a fairly good business to be in, I think, in those times. It was a good steady income. But everything changed one day when Jesus came walking by. He did. In Matthew chapter 4, we have this story, Matthew's uh, account of a calling of these fishermen. Well, they were engaged in their business. They were fishing. Now, back then, I think it would have been nets, not rods and lines, right? And from what I've read, it, it takes more than one person, and at least that's how they often did it, work together to throw these nets out and bring them back in with the fish. Jesus came along, and they, they saw him, and Jesus said, Come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. That must have been so interesting to hear. I'm sure it was. It says at once, Simon and Andrew, they left their nets and they followed him. I guess they heard about Jesus. Maybe there was talk about Jesus. I'm not sure. But I mean, this immediate reaction to leave what they were doing and not just leaving what they're doing at the time. I mean, they were actually leaving their business to follow Jesus. It was a big change, huge change in their life. In the same story here, Jesus continues to walk along the seashore at Lake Galilee, and he sees two other fishermen, two other brothers, James and John. These were called sons of Zebedee. So Zebedee was in the business with them, right? Right, their father. And it says they were in a boat with their father, and they were preparing their nets to catch fish, and Jesus tells them to come with him, and at once it says they left their boat and their father, and they followed Jesus. So with Andrew and Peter, they left their nets to follow Jesus. But here with James and John, it says they left their boat and their father to follow Jesus. So yeah, it was a big commitment. Leaving something to follow. That's what following really is, isn't it? In this lesson today, I know I'm going to be talking to the children about what it means to follow Jesus. They literally left something to follow Jesus. And that's often what it takes. Yeah, it does. This word follow is a technical term, which carries with it great commitment. When using that word was used in terms of someone following a rabbi. Now, what I understand, what I've been told is that back then, normally uh, someone would come up to a rabbi and say, I want to follow you. And the idea was they wanted to become like the rabbi, do what he did, learn what he taught, 
just become like the rabbi, and he would have to literally kind of follow the rabbi around. Rabbi just meaning teacher. A teacher, yes. And Jesus was one of these, but Jesus was different because here he actually calls people to follow him. So the word follow means you want to become like the teacher or like the rabbi to do what he does and to teach what he teaches. So it's really interesting to me that he tells them to follow him, but he uses what they've been doing, fishing, and he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He changed the whole landscape of what fishing (laughs) means, didn't he? Jesus was good at that, yes. So from now on, there are still going to be fishermen, yes, but now they're going to be fishing for something else, something more important, something more significant, people. And that's what it's like when you follow Jesus, isn't it? Even now, I mean, he takes what we have, but he gives it meaning and purpose that is our true purpose, our true meaning. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. We're following him in his purpose. That's right. Here in the story in Matthew, you know, it's the beginning of of Matthew, and we've already read about Jesus earlier, his baptism and the significance of that, the importance of that, and preparing for Jesus in his ministry. We've read about his temptation, the earlier part of chapter 4, and that's another significant moment in the ministry of Jesus and him preparing for this, for his life's work. And then in verse 17, right before uh, he calls these first disciples, he begins his ministry with preaching about the kingdom of God, saying it's, it's coming soon, it's arrived, so you better change. And he's not going to do this alone. He begins calling people to follow him, and particularly some, like you mentioned earlier, literally to drop what they're doing and actually to follow him and become part of this great ministry of catching people, of gathering, gathering people together. And the, and the context is gathering Israel, because Jesus came to renew God's people, to rebuild God's people, to change God's people, so they can truly be what God has called them to be. So these are four, and this is how the lesson opens. And often when I'm teaching, it'll be you know from a section of Scripture where I can just read the narrative, and then teach a story. This lesson actually covers quite a range of verses. As a teacher, I'm not going to be able just to read a little bit. I'm going to need to do a little research and reading of Scripture, because these were the first four of what will later be called apostles. Right. But there are more. There's actually 12 apostles that we often hear about. After these fishermen, Jesus goes on, if you read in Matthew chapter 9, he calls Matthew. In John chapter 1, some of John's followers begin to follow Jesus, and John points them in that direction. In that description, we read again more about Andrew and Peter but then he picks up Philip and, and then Nathaniel. And so we're adding on these different people. So there were fishermen, and then Matthew was actually a tax collector. And so he's adding these apostles. And then if you read in, oh, there's a few places, but Matthew chapter 10, the first few verses, you can actually read the 12 followers, the 12 apostles, and, and there, there's a list of them. 
So 12, that, that kind of rings a bell, doesn't it? It wasn't just the number Jesus pulled out of the hat. Yes, that was a very significant number. When you're reading the Bible and familiar with the story in the Old Testament, 12 sons of Jacob, they became God's people, Israel. And here Jesus coming to renew God's people, to rebuild God's people around himself. And so he chooses 12 followers that he names apostles signifying here is the core and here is the representative of God's renewed people. So he's calling people to be part of his movement, which these 12 are representative of. So, I mean, we've kind of tossed around disciple, apostle. Are those two different words or do they mean the same thing? They're different. All apostles are disciples, but not all disciples are apostles. Before we get into this, you got to remember that Jesus was calling a lot of people, and there are a lot of people who began following Jesus, a lot of disciples, but it's out of this group of disciples that Jesus particularly chose 12 whom he named apostles. You know, the word disciple simply means a follower, but the word apostle means messenger, uh, one who was sent on a mission, and who has the authority also of the one who sends. It says in Mark chapter 3, verse 14, and he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message. So the word apostle means to be sent out, but it also says that Jesus, he sent them out. They were to be his representatives. They were to be his spokesperson. And I think, Mary, if you already referred to in in Matthew chapter 10, where they're named there in those verses there, he sends them out on, on this mission to proclaim the kingdom of God. I kind of thought the 12 was significance, but that even becomes more apparent if we kind of get ahead of ourselves later on when Judas betrays Jesus and then kills himself. So then they were down to 11, but they actually in Acts chapter 1 replaced Judas with a new apostle, Matthias. And so in that process, it became 12 again. And then Acts chapter 2 is when the church begins, is when God sends the Spirit. That's the significance of having to choose one to replace Judas, because we know later Paul becomes an apostle. And the question may come up, well, wait, I thought there were 12. Now there's 13, so where does Paul fit in the picture? 12 signifies God's people. When God's new people emerged, when the church began after the Spirit is sent in Acts chapter 2, when the Gospels first preached, it begins with these 12. And later, Paul calls himself one who is born out of time. He was a special case. In fact, he refers to himself as the apostle to the Gentiles. In other words, that Jesus called him specifically to preach the message to the Gentiles because the 12 were representative of God's people, sent primarily to God's people, Israel. So that's the difference there, I think. So apostles have a specific purpose, a mission. They're being sent to do a job, right? Apostles. Disciples would be you and I, too, right? That's included. We're disciples of Jesus because we follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. We've made a commitment to follow him like the apostles did with a view to becoming like him, with wanting to know what he taught, teach what Jesus taught. That's what a disciple does and is. 
I think when I'm teaching, I, I want to talk about the 12 a little bit. It's interesting. They're, these are not 12 preachers. You know, these are 12 men that come from different backgrounds, have different jobs. Some jobs are listed. I mean, we have fishermen. We have a tax collector. Others we don't know, but these were kind of your regular people that are living their lives. But Jesus chooses them particularly. He knows these are the right ones. What a group. And what a diverse group it is. Yeah, Jesus chose a very diverse group of men to represent him, to be his apostles. It would be interesting if we had more of the backstory of more of these 12. We know some were fishermen, like you said, but we don't know what some of these other ones did, what their profession was or where they came from exactly. And this is where, as a Bible teacher, I'm going to have to read. Read more, research a little bit more, because we build more of an understanding of these 12 men from different things that are said by different gospel writers. So you sort of read, in all four gospels, we're picking up more information about these men. It's not always said in the same way. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each have their own way of presenting who these men are, what they're about. This is a time to remember that there's four Gospels. There are many opportunities to learn. Even in these four Gospels, they don't even call them by the same name. Oh, that gets so confusing. That gets so confusing because we have two Jameses, and neither of those Jameses are the James that the book of James in the New Testament is written by. That's a whole other James. So we have two apostles named James. We have two Simons, but one gets uh, given the name Cephas or Peter, so Simon Peter, and then the other Simon, Simon the Zealot. Yeah, there's a Judas. We normally think of Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him, but at least in one of the lists, one of those apostles is called Judas, but not Iscariot. Right. So even there were two Judases among them. Isn't he also Thaddeus? Thaddeus is Judas, another Judas. Right. So they had different names, yeah, like we said, so which can be a little con- confusing. It really can. I mean, Bartholomew, his name appears. He seems to probably be Nathaniel. And then Matthew is also called Levi in some places. Thomas is a twin. His, and his other name, Didymus, which means twin. So this is a group of men that have a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. I think, as I'm teaching, I need to have sort of a chart or some pictures, a list in front of me. Otherwise, I'm going to get this all jumbled up. These 12 men, different names and different backgrounds, very diverse. They all became followers of Jesus. They all were faithful in their following Jesus throughout their life. In fact, church history tells us that they all died in a violent way. They never, they never gave up following Jesus. Jesus is not just looking for a certain type of person from a certain background or a certain pedigree or anything like that. Anyone can become a follower of Jesus. You can become a follower of Jesus. I can become a follower of Jesus. He's not looking for educated people necessarily. He's not looking for people with a certain IQ or certain kind of background. He called people. When we see this group of diverse people with different personalities, he called them and he brought them together. 
Jesus always intended for his followers to be a community. When he began his ministry, he didn't want to do it by himself, so he chose a group, and they worked together. And they were meant to be together, to be a community of followers. Each of them brought something, didn't they? And in the same way, I think followers today, we each bring something to the table when we follow Jesus. And in each of those things, it it just reflects back to how God works uniquely in each person. But for the purpose of being together, there was a closer, smaller group, right, of really close friends among the 12 apostles. I'm thinking of John and James and Peter, they seem to always be close to Jesus. Yeah, several times they were singled out. They got to experience some events with Jesus that the other ones did not, like his transfiguration. And like when he was in the garden, all the apostles were there on the night he was betrayed, and yet he went into the inner part of the garden and he called Peter, James, and John to be with him in this very vulnerable moment in Jesus's life. So yes, they were they seemed to have a special and closeness. Even, and even John at the cross when Jesus was being crucified, John was there, his mother was there, and he looked at John and said basically, you take care of my mother. This is now your mother to take wow. care of. Yeah. They were close, weren't they? I mean, he was close to all of these, but these were his particular friends within that group. And There were other differences. I know at least one of them was married. Peter was married, and he had, because it talks about he had a mother-in-law. There were other differences about them. What would you do in an adult class in teaching about the Twelve Apostles? There were several questions that I think would make for a good discussion in adult class. I think an important question that's worthy of a lot of reflection and thinking about and wrestling with is when Jesus says, follow me, what did Jesus really mean? What was he really expecting? And I think there's an easy answer to that, but I don't necessarily think that the easy answer is the real full answer. So I think that's a question that we should really wrestle with. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus when Jesus called people to follow I would ask that question, and I would spend some time kind of teasing it out, looking at what that might mean. The word follow, since we're talking about the word follow, in the Gospel of Matthew, that's, that's a, th- a theme. The word follow or follower or following is used many times in the Gospel of Matthew, and I would think it would be interesting and instructive to go through the Gospel of Matthew and just look at all the verses that has the word follow or follower or following, and just see what we can learn about following Jesus by looking up all those verses. I think we can learn quite a bit about what it means to follow Jesus by doing that kind of a study. It's interesting, in when you read about Jesus' teaching, you don't really read much about in a classroom. And yet that's how adults tend to gather and learn these days. Wouldn't it be fun to actually allow the adults to follow a leader, just the childhood game of follow the leader and just walk around and, and then apply what, what that meant? I think that would be a great idea. I think it would be great to organize a time where you go out somewhere to a park or to an area where there's trails where you can go hiking or tramping and just go through walking and, and choose a leader and everyone follow them and and make sure that the trail or whatever is not, there's some difficulties 
So you have different levels of difficulty, and you go through that, and you come back at some point and by a campfire or whatever. I don't know how, <laughs> whatever, whatever works, and just talk about that experience. Because following is not always easy. When you're walking up and down hills, there's easy parts and difficult parts. Keeping up with the leader can not always easy. So I would talk about that experience. Well, I'm thinking for children's classes, when I talk about the glitter, I'm talking about fishing nets. There's so many crafts involving nets, fishing nets. So that fish Lots of things you can do with that. You can just look on Pinterest. There's so many ideas. If you look on my website, I've got some links that I think you'll like. This is on missionbibleclass.org. There's some links to a little bit a fuller description of each of the apostles. So maybe you could have some more facts to work with. And there are some pictures you might can use if you want to make that into a flip chart or something like that. Breaking this big bunch of information down into smaller portions would be really helpful. But I would do what you just said. I'd play follow the leader with the kids because that whole idea of following. So to do that, you have to drop what you're doing to follow. Don't you? you can't just go your own way. You're following. I really believe this is an important lesson because it sets children up for understanding the rest of the Gospels. Because we're going to hear these names again and again. We're going to find that Jesus is with these apostles as he goes about in his business. And then later on, after Jesus is crucified and buried and raised up again, he leaves the apostles with the awesome task of carrying out his message to the early church. Wow, what a great mission that was. And they were faithful because we're here today. These 12 carried on the mission of Jesus. Well, I think probably David wants to go fishing, but I'm going to leave you with just a... (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah, I'm just going to leave you with an encouragement to learn more about the apostles, think about what it means to follow, and take these lessons that you've learned from God's Word and apply them to your classroom, to the children that you teach. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And may God bless you as you continue to speak into the lives of children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children. 